I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Episode 266, and the NHL draft is rigged. Have a great day. (laughs) Why do you say that? Because it's a bigger market than Anaheim and Columbus? Why do I say that, Thomas? Why don't you tell me why I say that instead of asking me a rhetorical question? He's going something. He's going somewhere with this. The the hamster wheel is going. No, let's hear no, it. Let's hear I, it I mean, the only obvious is right that it's Chicago is a huge market for the NHL, a lot Massive. bigger than Anaheim or Columbus. The Chicago Blackhawks franchise covers up one of the most disgusting stories in hockey history. And they are awarded Connor Bedard. They aren't awarded Connor Bedard, but Connor Bedard, and they end up winning the lottery. And awarded, awarded was a Connor Bedard. Award. They basically yeah, get that's, no, no, you make a valid point. I mean, the fines and and not picks taken away is that to me is is rigged, right, or or baffling, or whatever you want to call it. But you think after all of that, they would still. Rig it to give it to to Chicago. Can Absolutely. I ask, can I ask a question? Absolutely. We're, the we're, TV we're, deal in, in the US is way too valuable. Why do they not do the lottery on live TV? It is a spectacle, a spectacle. People want to watch this. People would would get together, have a house party, you know, cup, bring the the boys over, the the you know, the girls, whatever, and and sit there and watch this. I couldn't agree more with Rivs. Like I we I watched this with my three boys yesterday and they were like, "The hell is this? Like why are they not showing it?" Like there was just no and then to top it off, Kevin Weeks ruins it for the Columbus Blue Jacket because he says they drop to third and then they go to commercial. <laughs> I'm like, they didn't even show it. <laughs> just a massive ball drop. Just it, it's just it's right up the NHL's alleyway right now. But you know, like for me, I think you know everybody is. I think there's a lot of irritated people that Chicago in general. And and listen, I mean, Connor Bedard literally landed in the greatest spot for the NHL and for the players, okay? Chicago is perfect for him. It is a massive, and I mean a massive market. Connor Bedard is going to be drafted first overall. There hasn't been a player like him since Connor McDavid, okay? And before Connor McDavid, there was a young young stud named Sidney Crosby. This, This kid is a special hockey player. And they just, I'm not going to say they just, the odds came out and he is going to the biggest market, a a um, 
it is a perfect place for him to play. No, it's the market, perfect place market for the wise. NHL. Yes, HRR. market HRR, and it's all about money, Petey. It's all about money. Can you imagine the money that he's going to generate over Anaheim or a Columbus? They're not well, even on the guys, same stratosphere. Did you guys see something last night? I saw it on Twitter, and I, who knows, right, if it's true or not, but immediately after Chicago won, the season ticket sales like skyrocketed for the Blackhawks. Oh, they're charging. They're they are charging a completely different price for a ticket today. Yeah, that's the way it is. It is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and you know when they decided to do this, you can believe me. Yeah, I'm I'm easily persuaded that it is rigged. I'm not saying that it is or it's (laughs) not, but I'm with ribs. Like I think, especially when you have a talent like Bedard, that show could have been done a lot better. Like it was Mickey Mouse production. They all are. It was. It's the same every single year, and they don't show the balls drop yeah. or whatever they because because it's not legitimate. And and let me go a step further. I was on Shred and Reagan this morning, and we talked about this. I filled in for Craig, and 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 by the way, Thomas, are looking forward to chatting with you tomorrow. But yeah. um, Jim, their producer, brought up the frozen envelope from the 1985 NBA draft. <laughs> okay. New the York frozen Knicks. envelope. You guys Wasn't familiar it? with the frozen envelope? Craig, would you like me to, to sure. update you on the frozen envelope? So in 1985, David Stern, okay, where did Gary Bettman come from? Basketball. Came from the NBA. Yeah. Okay, came from the NBA. So in 1985, Patrick Ewing was undoubtedly the number one pick overall coming out of Georgetown. Okay? Like, it, it, not even close. It was the first year, the first year they did the lottery in 1985 because they were tired of teams tanking. And the team that was, you know, the main culprit of all of it was the the L.A. Clippers. So they were tired of the tanking. So they set up a lottery. Before the the draft, there was a general manager of the uh, Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks, uh, he was attending a college tournament in Hawaii a few months before the lottery, and he was sitting with a few NBA guys, and a couple of them worked for the league. They were it was a high high up team executive, and the guy said, "I'm a million percent that Ewing is going to the Knicks. It's already predetermined. It's done." So what they did was they either put a crease in the envelope in the corner. So David Stern, when he reached into this massive ball that nobody could see and all the envelopes are in there and he reaches out these envelopes, they said they either froze it, like stuck it against the side of the thing so that David Stern could reach in, easy to find him, pull it out, or they marked the envelope somehow. And that's how it was all done. It was absolutely, and people behind the scenes have even said it's the thing is rigged. You anybody that tells rigged? you, anybody that tells you, wink, wink, out there in the media world, because someone's talking about it, because some people were allowed in the back room, they were sold a pile of shit. You think well, this was rigged, Petey? I don't right. understand. I, I think I McDavid don't... was rigged. I think Mc... Rogers just well, people, spent well, yeah. billions of dollars on a TV deal and names on rinks all the way through Canada. The Rogers Center was just built in Edmonton. They just spent. Five they billion on a on a TV deal up in Canada. Yeah, there was no Austin Matthews there yet. 
There was, was no, Crosby rigged. Crosby was rigged too. So you know who got screwed the most? The oh. 05 draft and this awesome. draft last night. Columbus. Anaheim Ducks. Both year they had the highest odds to get the first overall pick, and yeah. they ended up with number two in 05, Bobby Ryan, and then last night again. Like, if you look at that, right? I mean, do that's you think crazy. There's they, any way, do you think there's any way whatsoever that Chicago would think about moving this pick? No. All right, we're not we're not actually gonna have that conversation. That's a, that's, Listen, as, as a young GM, I, that's a suicide move. I want I want to say something. I want to say and now believe me, I would Austin never in a million Matthews years. Now, Craig, is that what you're gonna do? No, I I I no 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 no. I think are is there is there one of the teams that are picking second, third type thing that possibly could like Adam Fantilli is going to be going second overall. It is undeniable. But how much does Anaheim want Connor Bedard? Do you understand what I'm saying? Is there a package that you could get the second overall pick, which would, which is going to be Adam Fantilli, who is an absolute monster as a player who's being overshadowed in a big way. He is a superstar. Okay. Is, would they ever think about moving that pick? That's all I'm saying. And then all of a sudden Anaheim would have to give up, uh, you know, a major package to get Connor Bedard, but are they willing to do that? That's, you know, that's all I'm thinking is, is Columbus willing? Like there's, there's a kid, um, Smith, you, you probably know him better than I do. Uh, Vanner, the U S program, the U S national development program, his numbers, Petey, his numbers are beating Jack, uh, uh, Jack Hughes. His offensive numbers. I think you, you, you have a valid argument that trading it is not horrible for your organization because the haul you should get back is enormous. Exactly. So what but I'm the trying only to thing say that is I, I don't think it will ever happen because Columbus and Anaheim both are in a two free position because I don't know how much lower you want to move given up a Bedard. I the amount they have it. to give up is going to hurt their, their own rebuild. Right. It's not like this, you know, I, I could see it if this pick would be like it happened to Colorado, right? When they traded Duchesne and they ended up with the number two or three or four pick, something really high, but they're a team yeah. that's already established. They are willing, they could give up the next four years of first round picks. Anaheim yeah. and Columbus is not in a position to do that. Yeah. I, I just look at like, you know, for an example, you know, the, the, the Columbus Blue Jackets are picking third. They have they have a few picks that that could go in. It's going to be the Carlson kid from um, Sweden. It's going to be the Smith kid from the National Development Program, who I think is like literally next level. Like if he was going in another draft, Petey, this kid would be going first overall. I'm not even kidding you. That's how good this Smith is. Uh, Fantinelli or whatever. No, no, no. Fantilli is going. He's going number two. He is an undeniable first round, uh, a second overall pick. Fantilli in another draft without Connor Bedard here would be going first overall. That's how good he is. And the Smith kid from the National Development Program has better offensive numbers than Jack Hughes when Jack Hughes was drafted first overall. That's how deep this draft is. It's insane. So all I'm saying is, what if Columbus wants Bedard so bad that they're willing to say, we'll give you the third overall pick, which is most likely going to be the Smith kid from the National Development Program, but we'll give you Kent Johnson. Kent Johnson 
or Cole Sillinger. These these two players were were high draft pick. Like Ken Johnson was I think what, a fifth. You're fifth talking overall? about those those two plus probably multiple 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 picks. No one's going to do that. That's going to set yeah. back Columbus. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm. And at the same time, it's a ridiculous, it's a, it's a completely ridiculous. How old um, is Kyle Davidson, the GM for the Blackhawks? Oh, this is longevity for him. eh, man. Well, this is, that's a, that's a career, career killer. That's by doing a trade like that. Like he can keep, he's going to be out of a job, keep a dart and have a 10 year job at least, or he can trade him and be out in 18 months. But I guess my question is how, what's the difference? So what's the Smith kids first name? Do you know? God, I, uh, I, I I should know this, but anyway, the Smith kid, how far off? I want to say it's Smith Will Smith, kid? but that doesn't sound yeah, right. Yeah, Will Smith. Uh, yes, it is. It is, right? It's Will Smith. So Will Smith from the National Development Program, who's absolutely shredding, shredding the National Development Program. How far off is he from Connor McDavid? That's the question that I have. And I don't think he's as far off as what everybody, the hype over Connor Bedard is real and he deserves it because he's played exceptionally well. That being said, Will Smith is shredding numbers like no one has ever shredded numbers at the national development program. And he's not as far off Connor Bedard is what is, is what it it shows. Okay. So all I'm saying is, is could Chicago sit there and go, you know what? I think, I think the Will Smith kid is an absolute super stud. Also, how much more can we get from Columbus? Can we get a Cole Sillinger or a Kent Johnson who went fifth overall a year ago and another first round draft pick? You know, would Columbus be willing to say, you know what? We want him so bad and he's a market changer that we're willing to give up some really, really good players. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just hypothetically yeah. throwing it but out there. It, 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 like I said, it makes no sense for Columbus to do that because of all the reasons you said how good Smith is. They know they're getting a great player. Exactly. They're not getting exactly. a hyped player like Bedard, yeah. but they're yeah. getting a superstar player. They're getting a, they're getting a stud, man. I mean, this this draft is gross. It's yeah. really it's, deep. It's 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 high-end, high-end on, on in the very you know high high picks there but let me ask you guys i was thinking about this for a long time i think even when we played together i do not understand and i know other other sports do this i don't understand the lottery i don't get it isn't like we, we talk about tanking and stuff isn't that what why people tank why the blackhawks tank like wh- why can we not have a system where you don't make the playoffs the 16 teams Everyone gets one ping pong ball wow, and the, just, the integrity of the see the integrity of sports, you know, to lose on purpose to benefit in the long run just doesn't fit well with how the game is played. No, but in the integrity of business and politics and things like that, it seems to work. I mean, why can't it work in sports? I mean, this is a hobby for a bunch of billionaires. The guy wants but, to throw but but wouldn't the guy it wants be... to throw away a season? If an owner wants to throw away a season to get the best player in the draft next year, that's his that's his choice. Right, but like that's exactly it. Like the Buffalo Sabres, the you know, Nashville Predators, they sold off every piece and they kept battling and battling and battling and almost made it in the playoffs. Why wouldn't why shouldn't they have a chance at the number one overall pick at the same rate as the Blackhawks and Anaheim who are clearly tanking? I don't get it. It will be 
I know we're trying to help out the shittiest team, but why? What what's the that's not good for business in my opinion. Like I think every team that that way actually the Anaheims and, and the Coyotes and all these teams, they would actually spend money in the offseason and be like, you know what? We're gonna try everything possible to make the playoffs. And if we don't, we got the same odds as if we tank. But I, I will say this. Can you can can we agree on this? Gary Bettman came out halfway through the season. And he was asked on live TV. I can't remember what network it was on, but he was asked on live TV. Are, do you feel that there's there's tanking going on in the NHL? And Gary Bettman said, absolutely not. There is not tanking in the NHL. And so what I mean by that is you look at the you look at the teams at the end of the year that were that that knew this this incredible pot of gold at the end of the year of, of being the worst team in the league will give you greater odds of getting Connor Bedard. Teams like Chicago, teams like Columbus and Anaheim and San Jose, they were winning games. They were winning like not meaningful games to them, but they were winning games. They didn't care about the draft lottery. Okay, the players on the team don't give a shit about Connor Bedard. They were winning games. So I I do believe that the teams, the players were playing to win. And I and I really like that watching that at the end of the year. There you go. You just said it there. Teams. And then I think you kind of corrected yourself. The players, the players don't tank. The GMs tank. So so if there was a tank job. That was blatantly obvious. It was the Chicago Blackhawks. They they let go and did not even sign guys that were 30-goal scorers. Kubalik. Kubalik, who went to Detroit, was a 30-goal scorer, uh, you know, two years previous. They didn't sign uh, Strom, um, who was, who was a, a 55, 60-point guy on the team. I mean, they they chose to let go a lot of players that... Well, and they traded away Kirby better. Doc... The Brinkett. I mean, guys who are in the age. <laughs> the Brinkett was for a 40, yeah. multiple, multiple 40 goal scorer. Like, I mean, Kirby Doc, Kirby Doc is how old? You know, he was only 23, 24 years old. Okay. You look at um, DeBrinket. DeBrinket's what, 25, 24, 25? Yeah. And he's scoring 40 goals. Why are you trading him away? You know, it's it, so Edmonton was clearly looking at redoing the entire, the entire, um, their entire team. And they were banking on being the worst team in the league. So they would have the greatest odds of winning possibly one of the greatest players to come along in the last decade. And that's Connor Bedard. But why do we have that system? Don't you guys agree? Like you, all 16 teams that don't make the playoffs, everyone should get one little ping pong ball. And because there's a big difference between 16 and one, like, look at, look at the Buffalo Sabres, how good their team is. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you can go through their lineup and go, holy shit, man. This is literally a legit, unbelievable, talented young group. And they were, they picked, what are they? They're picking 13th. They're nowhere near the same team as Chicago, Columbus, Anaheim, San but, Jose. But whose fault is that? Well, that's, that's, that's the teams and a GM. Like Chicago, you just mentioned the reasons why Chicago is so bad because that's you just named four players who are good NHL players were given away. Understood. That's bad but maybe, business. maybe it just didn't fit. Like this is a new GM coming in. Davidson came in 
and he wanted to start fresh, just like what you're talking about. Like, why in the hell would you trade away Connor Bedard for anything? Like, this guy is going to have a lifespan of building a team for for five plus years, and it's a massive market with tons and tons and tons of money that can be generated. And all of a sudden, now you have one of the biggest names in hockey go to go to Chicago and not Anaheim. We're Chicago going to be next year in the state. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. They're still going to suck. They're going to suck. They're going to be a bottom five team because that's what they want to be. They want to be a bottom five team. They don't want to win. It's not about Connor Bedard winning again. No, No, they want to suck again. It's your Malkin Crosby flurry. Yes, it's your Patrick Kane. We we don't even have to look at another team. It's your Kane and K's, right? Uh, Yeah. And and Seabrook. And and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, just like you you mentioned a a second ago, Pittsburgh, Malkin, Flurry, Latang. Uh, Jordan Stahl. Stahl. I think was, you actually named a player as Pittsburgh. I think what you meant was Crosby. <laughs> you said you look at Pittsburgh. You have Pittsburgh. You have oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sidney Crosby is the is Pittsburgh, right? Um, but yeah, Pittsburgh. You have the Penguin. <laughs> what what team were you guys hoping for? Chicago. <laughs> Chicago deep down uh, inside because I think it is it is it is you know for the players I'm happy for the players because I'm happy for the owners it is the perfect place for this young man to be like for me I want to watch him play do you guys want to watch him play do you want to do you want him to go to Anaheim and us have to stay up till 10:30 at night to watch this kid play now we get to watch him at 8 I get to watch all his games I was hoping for Columbus. I think Columbus deserved them. Good fan base. They've been. Well, listen, I, I mean, think he would have been a great fit there. You say Columbus deserves them, but Columbus already has like they had Kent Johnson, which uh, they they picked uh, fifth overall. Um, Cole Sillinger, who is now playing on the team at at uh, what is he? 18 years old. 19 years old. He's he was drafted 12th overall. They they have some really 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 good pieces. In I was Columbus. hoping for San Jose. Well, I mean selfishly, right? Because we have a relationship with Mike in San Jose. I was hoping the same or even for Danny B and and you know have Philly jump up. But you look at that whole stupid fucking lottery. There is no movement. Like you know how they they always show in the board like they're projected at sixteen yeah. and at sixteen fifteen like the only movement was Chicago from three to one. There's no other movement in the whole thing. Why are we even doing it then? Like there's only, zero excitement to this whole well, draft. Yeah, they, 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 well, do you not after think last that they night they shouldn't even that? have a show? Do you know why there was no movement? Because they felt so fucking bad and guilty for what they were doing anyway that they didn't want to screw anybody else over because they were already screwing the teams that actually deserve to get them over. Sorry. Yeah. If that makes any sense. 
Let's just talk about the Florida Panthers for a second. Three nothing. That's my team, baby. Three. <laughs> You're right, Thomas. You've had the Panthers the whole way through. No, I, knew they were no, I jumped jumped on <laughs> your shoulders after round one. I, I had to that. take the un, unpopular, uh, you know, pick in Boston. And, um, you know, listen, I mean, I, I picked the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I'm always getting the, the, the short end of the stick here. But what is going know. on with Toronto? Explain to me. Explain to me. Uh, explain to me your thoughts on why. Why uh, I know where to Vegas pin the blame. It's on or, one person and one person only. Mm, I, I hope you don't say what I think you're going to say. I hope Sheldon you don't. Keith. You. No way. Explain. <laughs> Thomas, anything to add? No, explain. explain no, I, I want to hear your. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want to. I, I want to hear, hear this too. I, I and, don't... I, and I, and here's the thing. I just said, I said F you. And I, I take it back because you've been, you've been really on. You've been really on and you predicted this uh, and you saw Vegas something right I now. didn't in Florida. Um, that being said, tell me, tell me why, tell me why Sheldon Keith is the one that's going to be the one that's going to take the blame here. I just don't see him as a great motivator. Number one, they have the talent and he's constantly changing the lineup. I mean, in comes Justin Hall, out goes Justin Hall, in comes this guy, out goes that guy. Like, you know, is like he's he's worried about playing games with Wayne Simmons. Is Simmons in or is he out? Like, I think he's lost. I think he's lost. There you go. I'm done. I I'm I, I think you make good good points, but I you can't make an argument on a 20-second snippet, right? And first of all, I don't even like it. I I, I can't believe. They allow those. I, as a former player, I would hate to have a camera in there before a huge yeah. game, a minute before you go out there. Like that, that should be locked. But obviously, it, that it's must also be. it's also his answers in his conferences and the way he speaks. I just I don't get I don't get a real presence from him. You know what I put the blame on, and I didn't like it to begin with. Is Kyle Dubas? What did he do every game they won? against Tampa. He's and then he's chirping fans, he's celebrating, he's jumping up and down. It's like that's how you react after you win the Stanley Cup. How old is Kyle Dubas? 14, I don't know. 38. 38 years old. How old's <laughs> Sheldon Keith? <laughs> Who? Keith. Duncan Keith or Sheldon Keith? Which one? They're probably the same age, actually. 42. So I consider both those two guys very young in their positions. Would you agree with that? Yes. 38 years old for being a GM in the National Hockey League is, is very, very young. Being a guy who's coaching in the NHL at 42, you know, I wouldn't say, you know, there, there hasn't, there's been coaches that have been younger than him but it's it's um he's younger he's he's on the younger side i do not blame sheldon keith you do not blame him whatsoever i think he has coached this team since he's come here okay he has come here and he is he has driven this team through an 82 game schedule 
to be one of the top teams in the league every single year. The last two years, they've been fourth in the National Hockey League. Before that, they were around seventh, sixth. This is a very good hockey team that he coaches and he gets these players to perform and they're one of the best. But now all of a sudden in the playoffs, are we going to sit here and we're going to blame Sheldon Keefe because this team is not winning? I I just don't like a Kyle Dubas jumping around and celebrating. I, believe me, I love when the coach celebrated after they beat Tampa because he should. He's part of that team just like Dubas is. But Dubas celebrating like he did, he probably came in that room was jumping around like they just won the Stanley Cup. I think you needed someone to come down and be like, okay, hey, we, we accomplished. We beat the Tampa Bay Lightnings, who have been a dominant team. But that's it. Enjoy tonight. And tomorrow, we, we got to switch our mindset. And I don't know act, if that ever happened in that locker Act room. like you've been there. Correct. And Dubas hasn't been there. So he was enjoying it like it was like, you know, he's going to a frat party or, you know, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I look I, at a guy I, like who's sitting next to Dubas, Spedza, he must be like, what the hell is this guy doing? I was just about to say about Spezza. I, I can't believe you just said that because I was just thinking, how about Spezza sitting beside him when he's yelling at the fans? Spezza's just like not even engaging. And then when he's celebrating, Spezza's just kind of like, Business as usual. Now, granted, yeah. he's in a much different position, but at the same time, you know, emotionally, he's still vested. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a player who's played for a long time who understands exactly. the mindset of of why, you know, because that's I, I love the trend how the NHL is going. Right, that our friends like Drew is with the Rangers. That former players are now in in high positions at a younger age because they get it. Does that mean they're going to win and have success? No but I think most of them will do it the right way and act the right way. I didn't know who Kyle Dubas was before he was the Toronto Maple Leafs GM. Maybe you guys knew who he was because you follow the Canadian junior hockey leagues more. I had no idea who he was. Dude, yeah. when Mike Greer takes a job in San Jose, I knew Mike Greer, even if I didn't play with him. If a Chris Pronger gets a GM job, even though I didn't play with Chris Pronger, I know who Chris Pronger is and what he has done and what his background is. Well, Kyle Dubas, when he first got the job, I think as the assistant GM where he was the head of the Marlies and, and primarily an analytics guy at the time, he is quoted, and I remember him saying this, culture is a buzzword because Shanahan kept talking about culture and culture and, and, and other teams and organizations across sports talk about culture. And he goes, ah, culture, you know, culture can be used as a buzzword sometimes. And, <laughs> and all, and then all of a sudden you didn't hear from Kyle Dubas in the media again for like a year and a half until he was hired as the Leafs GM. <laughs> like it was almost like you don't say something so stupid because culture as we all know, but also as you can see in the playoffs now is almost more important than your talent. Right. And well, you, you culture and that's exactly it because you're a former player and you know, you need a good environment and a good culture. I mean, look at the Buffalo Sabres. I think they're on the rise because Kevin give them a ton of credits created something where those guys want to stay in Buffalo, want to come to the rink. Yes. And as you guys know, that is, that's where it starts. Does that mean it translate into Stanley Cup wins or, or playoff round wins? It does not. You need good players on top of culture. 
But four, five, six, seven years ago, I mean, we all knew that Buffalo was like, oh my God, they couldn't wait to finish the season and everyone go their own way. So that's my point that Kyle Dubas, who did not play, or maybe he played, but I guess I, I didn't know who he was, doesn't know what culture is. He knows analytics. Yeah. That's exactly that was exactly my point. <clears throat> that was exactly my point. I'm looking him up right now though on hockey DB. Yeah. Uh, he, he, listen, I mean he he took over. He he became his... an assistant general manager in 2014-15. Crazy. I mean, the guy was 28 years old. 28 years old. He was in the assistant GM of uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and obviously the, the general manager for the minor league team. He, he took over as uh GM of the Maple Leafs in 2018, 19, which was five years ago. He was 32 years old. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, there's, there's players, multiple players on the team that are older than he is, but, well, you know, listen, I, you I mean, know, he's, the, the, he's the Leafs GM. went the route. They they went the route what the Boston Red Sox did twenty years ago, right? With Theo Epstein, was that his name? Okay, do tell what what. Uh... Same thing. He's super young analytics guy goes to the Red Sox and they win two championships. I think that's the route they kind of went, and by the sounds and what, what I've been reading, you know, it's it's the same ownership that bought the Penguins, and that's why they're so high on Kyle Dubas. Because that's they won a championship with a guy similar to that demeanor, but I don't I don't know baseball, so I can't speak of it. In my opinion, it does not work in hockey. Is analytics is there part of it that that should be in the game? Sure, but at the end, you need an ass kicker for a coach who knows the game, played the game. In my opinion, and same with a GM. Thomas, why do you say you don't know what you're watching when you talk about the second round of the playoffs? Well, I mean, look at the series, right? I mean, you look at Carolina and Devils. We haven't touched on them. What were the scores in game one and two? 5-1, 6-1. Then the Devils come home. They went 8-4. How does that happen? How are they? How do you get shit kicked twice in a row and then win 8-4? I don't know. That's my, that's, that's, that's my whole point. Or, or even last night. What was the score last night? Edmonton, yeah. Vegas. Game three. Huge game. You come home and it's a 5-1 game. Should have won game one. You absolutely dominate game two, and you come home and get murdered in game three. And their goalie leaves, and they go into a they go to like a seventh stringer, and they still win. Yeah, I mean the the only series yeah. that's been close every game, even though it shouldn't be, is the Florida Toronto series, which we touched on. I think Florida has been the better team. You know, even in Toronto when they came back in game two. They slowly took the game over, but the score was always tight all the way till the end. Yeah. But the other series, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. Like, what? what's... Do, do, does Florida end it in four? Yes. I think that that team is just hot, confidence. Yeah. They don't look nervous. They they don't look afraid of the stage. And I think Paul Maurice is just an awesome coach who is hitting all the right buttons, saying the right things. I think so he's I, calm, cool, and collected. And and the team is uh, playing with a ton of confidence. They have an 
a, a goaltender that's found his game and who's super confident, giving confidence to the the players. the The team is ultimately run by a pack of a pack of wolves and in, in uh, Kachuk and uh, Sam Bennett and Sam Reinhart and uh, Brandon Montour, monster. Rocco Gudis, man. I mean, they just they got mojo. They're 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 going. And then you got the the wounded puppies in Toronto that they're 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 finding ways to lose. They're they're not they're not getting after it. Like, you know, I read an article about you know Keith wanting to kind of have a discussion with the, these top guys to clear their clear their minds of the pressure. Are you fucking kidding me? How many years are you gonna use that? Like Austin Matthews, maybe he's just not a gamer. Maybe Mitch Marner is just not a gamer. Maybe Willie Nylander is not a gamer. But we, awesome we talked players. about the Leafs, right? How, how good they are even before the playoffs started and the acquisitions they made. But if you look at their lineup, where is their big weakness? Defense. 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 It's you, you can't. And I'm not shipping on defense, but you, you look at some of the other D-man that are playing in the playoffs. They're breaking out the puck. I, I watched the Leafs. Did they struggle besides uh, Riley, who I think has been really good for the most part? I mean, Luke Shen's a nice piece. He's tough, but he ain't the quickest. He ain't the smoothest. He ain't breaking out every every breakout. Like you, I mean, Florida forechecks the shit out of them. They can't get they they can't get the pucks to the Nylanders, to the Matthews, and, and that's needed. Yeah. Like we we just talked about Seattle. Like those six demons, they're shit kickers. You watch. You watch every time Toronto has the puck in the neutral zone, and Florida check, four checks them. They just they get pushed back into their zone. They have to go D to D, then they have to throw it behind the net, and then fucking throw they, it up the they boards. They end up behind. Yes, and yeah, that's and, that's and a big. Have, and that's what happens when you have crashing down the boards, and they just gobble it up. They put all their money into forwards. Yeah. Which is again not now. It's I mean they should have lost in the first round. We touched on this. And they got lucky. I'll, I'll say me, this. Let though. me ask you a question, Thomas. And and this, you're the only one who can answer this on this freaking panel. I'll tell you that. I'm going to ask you a question. You may not answer it. Uh, you know, I, I'm really curious your opinion on this. So, when you were a young guy, and you signed your first Whopper. Okay, this is a big contract. I, I think it was seven, seven for seven. Okay, back then it was massive money. There's obviously pressure for you to perform each and every night, especially the first number of years. Okay, so what I'm trying to say is this: what you, you sign the seven-year deal, you're making seven million bucks a year. By the time you hit, you know, year number four, five, six. And the bank account is really big. Okay. You know, you can buy the cars you want. You're buying whatever you want. You can do what you want. Cause the big, big, thick bank account. I want to know. Is there ever a point in time when things get a little bit complacent for players like you who made so much money? Is there a time when you just let your foot off the gas pedal because you know that you got a few more years left at 7 million bucks and it's, you're just in the, you know, it's all guaranteed money. Is there a time where you get a little bit complacent? I didn't. And that goes back to Petey's point because of Lindy Ruff. 
I think if I would have had some of the coaches I had later on in my career that were a little bit inexperienced and younger, yeah, I think I probably would have been like, ah, I'm not going anywhere. I'm I'm staying here. But I mean, I got treated on my big deal like I did on my 800,000 rookie deal. So PD does, you know, going back to his point, he does make a point that I don't know how Sheldon Keefe treats those guys, but maybe he treats them like they're making 12 million which at times you have, there's got to be a balance, but I tell you what, I would, I mean, I was making a lot of money, but I mean, Completely after we opposite. lost the game or two and I knew I didn't play my best hockey, I, I did. I was afraid to go to the rink because of what was going to happen to me. I don't know if these yeah. guys are afraid. Well, to that's go what I'm rink. asking. That's where I'm going with this. And I'm not saying that they're bad, like they're bad people and they're spoiled rot and this and that. I'm just saying. Um, yeah. Austin Matthews, you know, he's he's got a really, really, really big bank account for a very, very young man. And he knows he's going to make a lot of money even after this next contract. Right. And I'm wondering if there's just complacency in in the environment there that's allowing these young guys just to kind of. I'm not even saying go through the motions. I'm not saying that Austin Matthews does not want to win every game or, or Mitchie uh, Marner or Nylander. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, what I'm trying to say is, is there some complacency there because their bank accounts are so big and you know, things are going to be okay if they lose. Do you, do you understand yeah, I, what I mean? I don't know. I, I think it comes to And I'm not to saying coaching. that that's those guys. I'm not saying right, right. No, I, I know it sounds exactly like that's exactly what, I, I what you're so. saying. I don't think so. I think it comes down. I'm saying it. I'm asking, could it be? Because they've lost so much and they are they are so good. No, because to me, and I, Petey mentioned Keeve. I mentioned Dubas. I think it starts there. Back to Jersey, Carolina. Who's going to win that now? Carolina. Yeah, we're I looking just, at a... We're looking at an Eastern Conference HRR showdown between the Florida Panthers. <laughs> the Caps going down next year. And the Carolina Hurricanes. And the competition is who can charge less for front row seats in a conference final. <laughs> That's the new game this year. Over under on front row seats at a conference final Stanley Cup final game. Carolina, Florida. Uh, Do you know that I, I heard? Devastating I heard, for the league, but I heard, it is what it is. That in Florida on game day against the Leafs, there were tickets still available, and they were roughly about say two twenty five a pop. Now this was Canadian broadcaster, so I don't know if he was converting back to Canadian dollars or if he was staying in in where he was with U.S. dollars. But either way, let's say it's two fifty U.S. That's three forty Canadian. That ticket in the lower bowl. Would be eight nine hundred dollars in Toronto, in New York that ticket would be a thousand dollars. The atmosphere looked great. Tell you that it did look great, didn't it? Looked electric. Looked great. I was shocked. I, I, to be honest, I know I said it on here a couple of weeks ago or last week, whenever it was. I thought I would see a lot more Leafs blue in the crowd. I did there too. Was some. But they, they had they had a good amount though. They had a good amount. I thought it would be like a Sabers Leafs game. Well, they did their best to hinder uh, the Toronto fan from from getting tickets. There's nearly impossible to do, but uh, they did their best to to hinder yeah. that. Right? They did a great job with it. It was awesome. It was great to see because that entire building, the entire building, Toronto Maple Leafs are are without question one of the biggest hockey fan bases in the world, and they would 
smother that place if if allowed to buy tickets. You'd have that entire building look like uh, the Sabres building when uh, the Toronto plays the Sabres. It's all it's all Toronto fans. So last thing I'll ask you, Thomas, before we get out of here, there was a video circulating last week on May 4th against what what game was that? The tip. And I messaged you about it. Oh, Rangers, the Rangers game. Max's goal. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. I think we we have touched on it. We have have touched on it, but it's recirculated because there's around here. Yeah. They, you know, on on dates when big moments happen for the sports team, you know, people will post things. So you did or did not get a piece of that puck? Absolutely, I did. And you chose not- like that a uh, hundred times. And and so Maxi's celebration took away from the well. Well, Max, you know, he sprints sprints to the other side of the rink like Nail Yakupov. So that was it. But again, at at, at that moment, who cares? We we won a huge game, and uh, you move on, and then. I don't even know what channel we were on the outdoor life channel or versus or whatever it was. They have two reviews. So I do remember, I think it was Bando Bandura. I think he came to me after the game and said, Hey, it looks like, you know, you, you tipped that one. Do you want us to change it? I'm like, nah, just who cares? Leave it. Like that's wasn't an issue, but Edie, what do you get out of what Vanner just said right there? He wants everyone to know that he tipped it. Yeah, no, it just it just the, fucking goes the, to the, the Brian to Campbell show, every time. It goes to show when you fucking score so many goals in your life at so many levels that you're just will it just doesn't what? even matter because I'm gonna go score a shit ton more. If I fucking scored that goal, I'd be going to the ref. I'd be skating right across the ice. Vanner, if you scored that I fucking goal, that. your the offer sheet that year might have been fifty five million. Yeah, well. Doesn't well. There, there was a few that were fifty-five. Oh, uh, <laughs> what a dickhead, man! <laughs> but no, talking about tipping, Brian Campbell. He'd do this all the time to me. He would shoot his little floater in there, it barely got to me. I would tip it in, and the first thing he would say in the pile, "Did you tip it?" And we'd be like, "No, no, I didn't get it." And he would be like, "All like, woo." I'm like, "No, nah, never mind. I did." Oh so God. it was. Oh. Yeah, that was funny. I remember I got pulled over with him driving. He was, uh, we were just draft prospects. He got a ticket. He was flying down the QEW. We had all gone out in St. Catharines one night at Port Mansion. And uh, it was like four of us were whipping back as fast as we could in the morning. And he got this ticket. (laughs) He was going like 150 on the QEW. He get gets the ticket and he just starts bawling his eyes out. My dog's gonna get me. <laughs> got fucking Shane Kenny, one of the toughest players in junior hockey history, in the back seat, just kind of like, shut the fuck up, Soupy. You're gonna fucking <laughs> sign a contract. You're gonna be fine. Just giving it to him. And then Jeremy Aduno. Anyway, oh fuck. Uh, so we is anyone changing their picks? No. What are we, three games in every team? We all had Florida. No, no. Petey and I had Florida, I, right? I took, yeah, I took Toronto. That's a good pick. Um, I took Carolina. I still, I, well, I, I'm not real confident because I just think that, I think the Devils are, are, are really, really good hockey team. They're so fast. Um, when's the last time Carolina scored a goal, uh, ha, has had a goal scored against them? 
I uh, have that Carolina, stat in front of me. I mean, they are. Again. When's the last time Carolina Hurricanes have had eight goals scored against them? I don't know. What what did they play Sunday? There's there eight of them. One, there was one of the best teams in the NHL defensively. Carolina does not have a lot of goals scored against them. I'm just saying, eight goals, that's a lot of goals they have uh, scored against you. But um I'm Dallas, still sticking surprise with, the with Dallas. And Seattle looks so good. They're just flying right now. I'm with Petey. I'm sticking I, with the Devils. Okay. Western, what did you guys have? Seattle or Dallas? Dallas. I had Dallas. Same I have Dallas here. to go to the uh I have Dallas to go to the 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 finals, but man. Could you imagine Seattle and Vegas in the fucking Western Conference final? Well, stay the on last the last two expansion I, I, teams. Would you change your pick? Stay with the Dallas Seattle there for a second, Petey. You guys changing it, or you would still confident in, in Dallas? Well, I know that uh, Nico Heischer, um, without question, or not Nico Heischer, but uh, Heiskanen, um, yeah. took a puck to the face and not sure if he's going to be available for game he's, he's four. He's back. They Is said he, he could have came. If the score would have been closer, he would have came back. Oh, okay. Because I read an article this morning that they, they were unsure if he was going to be able to play uh, game four. So um, I I still think Dallas is just so strong. I really do think Dallas is, 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 is a monster, but let me tell you if, if, if Seattle can pick up another game and make this a three, one man, that uh, makes, uh, makes me very uncomfortable. Cause I think Seattle, the, just the way they're playing right now, their goaltending is unbelievable. They have very, a very, very good defense core, big physical defenders um with some with some nice little water bugs in in Dunn and Schultz and they're and they're you know Seattle's forward line like just getting it done they're 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 hard to play against and they have no superstar there's no superstar out there that is the go-to they just have four lines of hard-working lines they're being outworked right now Dallas. yeah I, I think that the key for Dallas I mean that's it's pretty obvious I think to everyone is is Ottinger right I mean how good was he in the first round and now that's game one and game three where he was not good at all so if Dallas has any chance they he's got to be their best player yeah you're surprised they didn't pull him sooner yeah like, yeah I, mean, I was, he was surprised. Getting shelled I think they at some point in time you just need to relieve that that goaltender because you know he's going back in the next game right yeah. and maybe pulling him sooner would have sparked their team a little bit sometimes goal uh coaches pull goaltenders it sparks the team and maybe gets a little pushback but uh i think they kept them in way too long way too long oh i think the oilers are going to listen to my last prediction it's the last thing mm -hmm. i'm going to say before i say goodbye to you guys and you guys can comment on what i'm going to say because that's the next series that we're talking about I think Connor McDavid, mark my words, will have a five-point night tomorrow night. And the Oilers will win that game, and they will win the next three games of this series. That's what's going to happen. Carry on. Uh, I don't see that happening, but not the five point night i can see that i hope dry saddle gets four more goals and, and breaks the record in the second round 
The, he needs I mean, seven just, more. He needs seven more goals. It's tw- 19 is the record. Right. Six to tie he has, seven. He has 13, doesn't he? He's yeah. got 13. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. I, I, I don't see the Oilers winning three in a row here. I, I think this series is going seven. And who's winning? I picked the Oilers. I'm sticking with it. I I mean I the picked, goalie's I, out, right? That that Brassard, he he ain't coming back. I mean, he tore something in his groin or his hip or so he's out. So now you're asking who is it? Aiden Hill? Yeah. Aiden Hill, yeah. And then I didn't even know he was the goalie. I thought Quick was there. Isn't that who they traded for at the deadline? Yeah. And he was he came up from the press box and ended up dressing as the backup. I mean, Jonathan Quick isn't even dressed. I was I was baffled by that. Didn't know that. I don't I, listen. I mean, this is a peculiar uh, series for me. I just think right now, uh, you know, it, it's like one one game you have Edmonton winning five one, and then the next game it's Vegas winning five one, and it's just, um, I think this is going to be a long series. I think this is going to be a long series and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens um, because both teams are, both teams are, are loaded. I mean, they're, this is, this is a, both, both are strong. They're both loaded, but weak in net. Like you, but you don't we, know what you're going to get out of Skinner yeah, or I know. the other night. That's, that's why you can, you see these scores in my opinion. There's no. Yeah. yeah. But I, I I would still give a leg up to Edmonton with Skinner because Hill, um, you know he he played twenty seven games this year. He was he was ultimately a, a a backup for for most of the season. But I I I mean I feel very uncomfortable if I'm Vegas Golden Knights having you know Hill be my number one goaltender for the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, I know nothing about him. So I, I can't even tell you his game, to be honest. Yeah. Nothing. He played 27 games this year. Um, I think he had started 25 of them. He was 16 and 7. So 16, 7, and 1. Does Edmonton come back with Skinner, or do they give Campbell a chance? Not at this time. I think you got to live and die with your best goaltender for a large part of this season, right? I mean, but couldn't this be it, like a a Florida Panthers situation with Bob? Bob's the best goaltender, but he didn't start. But Bob was Bob was the starting goaltender for fifty five games this year. He was the majority guy, yeah. right? Um, but at the end of the year, you have to give an insane credit to Lions that he played very well in a stretch the last fifteen games of the year, and he was he was winning games. So they stayed with the goaltender that was winning games. You know, yep. you know how it goes. A guy gets hot. You got to stick with him, and he got them into the playoffs. He literally got them into the playoffs. But now Bob has had a nice little break. Right, feels pretty good about himself. Went and spanked the, uh, the the best team in the history of the game points point wise and uh, you know games with Boston, 
And now he's just, he's in the zone. He's playing very well and the team in front of him is playing very well. So I, I that's, that's a, a different case. Like no, this, this case that's... is, this case is different. I wouldn't be playing Campbell because Campbell, for an example, in Edmonton has not had a good year from start to finish. And I don't feel comfortable by making that change. I think you got to ride Skinner. That's just, that's just my thoughts. Mm-hmm. No, great, great points there. You I don't agree with you too much, but this time, uh, there you go. Your rant. I knew I was going to break you down. It's going to break you down. I mean, you could have done it in about two minutes instead of seven, but it it was, it was good. Good breakdown. Listen, Vanner, PD cuts it down to a minute and a half anyway. So I absolutely will. I, I, you have no idea. Like Craig, you, you have not, you are just starting to tune in now as to we record for an hour and 20 show that goes out. is like only 45 minutes. Why? None of Thomas gets cut. I certainly don't cut any of myself. (laughs) (laughs) So if so facto, you're the old snip snip, man. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at The Instigator 76. You can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.